0: you all that participate in that, I love uh, hearing how God is is using your generosity to to make a a kingdom impact in the world around us. Um, Let me pray for us as we get started this morning. Father, we do come before you once again. Thank you that uh, you have already met with us, that we can sing truths back to you about who you are and the blessing that you want to be in our lives. Uh, And now, God, we worship you with our minds, Uh, open up our minds open up our ears we want to hear from you and your word this morning help us to leave here changed and challenged as we encounter you in your word it's in Jesus name we pray amen well we are in this series called four reasons where we are looking at some some rhythms some habits that we can put into our lives that allow us to continue to grow in our relationship with God we kicked off the series, and we talked about the importance of prayer, of being able to to talk to God and have him talk to us through prayer. And then last week, we spent some time talking about the importance of reading and applying God's word in our lives and having a plan to get through the Bible and let the Bible get through us. And this morning, we're going to talk about the importance of slowing down, of resting, of resting. And I think this one might be the most countercultural yet because we live in a society that doesn't prioritize contemplation or, or, or slowing down or refreshment. Now we, we prioritize, we applied productivity and ambition and striving and trying to squeeze as much into our calendars as possible. In fact, I can predict right now just about how every conversation happened uh, in the lobby this morning, or the conversations that you're going to have tomorrow when you go to work. Someone's going to ask you, hey, how's life right now? How was the weekend? And your response will be, man, it was great. It was crazy busy. I mean, we stop—we didn't stop the entire weekend, but life is good. I mean, we're so crazy, we're so crazy busy right now we can't see straight, but man, life's good. And we just go after this busy lifestyle how many times in a given week do you have that conversation with someone this is just who we are and we fill our times getting pulled in a bunch of different directions with, with kids activities and appointments and responsibilities at work and responsibilities at home and sure we complain that life is sometimes hectic and we haven't had a day off in in forever but somehow our complaining sounds a little more like bragging we're almost drawn to this busy lifestyle. It makes us feel important. We enjoy and are almost proud of how much we can juggle in our lives. By our own admission, I think many of us would say that our lives right now are chaotic. You're working longer hours than you've ever worked. You have more things in your calendar than you've ever had before, but you believe yourself when you tell yourself, hey, this is just a season. But, but if you're honest... This season has been stretching on for months, maybe years, and there's not really an end in sight. And When I talk to people all the time, and even as I describe my own life, the words that keep coming up are overworked, overextended, exhausted. And it's so common in our culture that I I don't even think that we feel like it's a problem anymore. Our lives have just adjusted to it. I have been in a hurry most of my life always rushing to the next thing always looking at my watch and seeing what what time it is always frustrated that the person in front of me doesn't have the same priorities or see the same deadlines that i have and they're holding me up but i'm learning in my life that there's a terrible price to be paid for this nonstop busyness and this exhaustion relationally our relationships suffer because they they tend to just kind of stay at a superficial level we We're we're too scattered, we're too scheduled. We don't have the kind of time, or we're too tired to have unhurried conversations with our spouse or our kids or or our friends. Or or some people will just withdraw from people altogether. Like when when life gets too crazy, when I'm running around like a madman, I I don't feel like I have the capacity to take on anybody else's burdens. And so there's a part of me that just kind of shies away from, from being around people it impacts us physically as well we're grabbing drive-thru on the way home or ordering pizza instead of fixing something more healthy and we're getting more and more out of shape and the idea of of going to the gym sounds great but who has the time to do that or some people when when they get exhausted they, they turn to a habit or an addiction and they overeat or they over drink or they over medicate Emotionally, it plays out, too. I know for me, when I get stretched too thin in life, I, I get really um, irritated, easily irritated. And, and little things set me off. I have this disproportionate response to, to little things. I, I know a couple of weeks ago, I had a really rough day, and I came home, and I was kind of emotionally exhausted, having to make some really tough decisions and just hearing some, some hard things. And uh, one of my kids forgot to do their chores while, while I was gone, and I just blew up. I mean, just a small thing, and I got really petty and really passive-aggressive towards it, and I end up having to go back and apologize later. But it's just this idea that our exhaustion impacts our emotional health and, and the ways that it impacts our relationships. And then spiritually, we suffer as well. We, we don't have time to pour into others, to disciple other people. We, we don't have a desire to learn sometimes. And it's like this, this spiritual apathy invades our lives when we're exhausted Um, Christian philosopher guy by the name of Dallas Willard said this he said hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day listen to this the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith is that we will become so distracted so rushed so preoccupied that we'll settle for a mediocre version of it we'll just float through our lives instead of actually living them can you relate to that I know there are seasons in my life where I have seen that play out, right? It just seems like I'm drifting through life, that there's not a purpose behind some of the things that I do. I think most of us would agree that our busy lives that we are trying to live are not sustainable and that something has to give. I am a fellow struggler with you on this. I, I am all too familiar with this feeling of busyness and restlessness and feeling overworked and overspent. But life is meant to be different, It's meant to be lived slower, fuller, deeper. The fact is that most of us know how to run, but a lot of us don't know how to rest, how to actually slow down. Jesus knows the tendency of the human heart and into our busyness, and into the chaos of our lives, he says these words in Matthew 11. He says come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. and You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God in his love for us wants to give a vacation for our souls scripture actually refers to this as a sabbath rest and and to give us a description of the kind of rest that god wants us to experience in our lives we're going to look at one of the most famous chapters in all of scripture psalm 23 and we're going to see the kind of rest that god wants to give us and the reasons why we need this kind of rest in our lives so psalm 23 begins like this david says the lord is my shepherd i lack nothing So from the very beginning in this psalm, David is quickly going to establish the role that God wants to be in our lives. He he wants to be our shepherd. He wants to be our leader, our our guide through this life. So here's the first reason why we need this habit of rest in our lives, is that rest reminds me of my dependence on God. I think one of the hardest things for, for us to embrace this idea of trusting the Lord as our shepherd It implies that we are a sheep. Uh, It's admitting that we have to depend on somebody else. That the most common description that God uses to describe us throughout Scripture is that of being a sheep. Probably the most dependent animal on the planet. There's a reason why we we don't have the phrase lone sheep. If there is a lone sheep out there without a shepherd, he's going to die. But but we want to push back against that description of ourselves. We we want to be independent. We wanna be self-reliant. We wanna control our own destiny. So there's a kind of humility and a kind of faith required when we slow down and when we stop and when we rest. Because when we rest, it puts God in his rightful spot and me and mine. It reminds me that God is God and I am not. It's interesting that in the Hebrew mindset, that the day actually started in the evening. I don't know if you've ever picked up on this, but when you read the creation account, it says that it was evening and it was morning the first day. You See, for, for the Hebrew mindset, even their understanding of their daily rhythms served as, as a reminder of their dependence on God. That The day doesn't start with your activity, with your work, with, with your striving, The day starts with you doing absolutely nothing in a state of complete and utter dependence on God. Because when you sleep, you relinquish relinquish control of everything. You are a master of nothing. And it's this reminder that the world is going to be okay while you sleep, that God is still in control while you sleep, the the kind of rest that God wants to give us, the the kind that, that fills us, it is rooted and it's established in this confidence and, the, and this trust and this deep conviction that God is good and that God is in control, that there's no rest for those who don't believe that to be true. If it's true that, that God works all things for good for those who, are, who he loves and who are called according to his purposes, then, then we can relax. But, but if that's not true, then, then start worrying. Either God is in control or it's all on us. And David says, if you want to have rest in your life, to to the depth of your soul, then it begins with trust. It it begins by remembering that you are a sheep and that he is a shepherd and that you are completely dependent on him. And he says that, that if you have that kind of connection, if you have that kind of trust with your shepherd, then you will lack nothing in your life which means that, that if you are feeling restless, if, if you're feeling discontent right now, then at least in this moment, the Lord is not your shepherd. Something else is. It, it may be money, it may be success, it may be somebody else's opinion of you. And What we need to do is we have to learn to, to use those, that restlessness or that, or that worry or that discontentment as the signal that maybe I am trying to control too much of my life right now, and that I need to once again declare my dependence on him for everything, and, and to go to him and say, God, I, I need you for this decision. I, I need you in this job. I, I, I need you for that relationship, for, for that dream in my life. One of the reasons why we need to have this habit of, of rest in our lives is just this reminder that we have a good shepherd that we can and that we must depend on in this life. Here's the next reason why we need to have this habit in our lives is that rest refreshes my soul. Rest refreshes my soul. Look at what David says in verses two and three. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. If you're here this morning and you're, wore out and and your soul weary i mean this sounds good this idea of of green pastures lush pastures and and peaceful streams but some of us struggle because we don't know how to handle peace or blessing or abundance in our lives when when we get to a place or a season of abundance sometimes some of us our our productivity gear kicks in and, and we can't stop long enough to enjoy it or sometimes guilt kicks in and we don't think that we deserve God's blessing in our lives or sometimes comparison kicks in and we don't appreciate God's blessing in our lives because somebody else has more than we do and David says that our good shepherd sometimes he he makes us lie down in green pastures if we're going to Get rest, if we're going to get strength, if we're going to get renewed in order to live this life, then we're going to have to learn to stop and enjoy the blessings of God in our lives. Not, not feel guilty about them, just accept them and enjoy them. Not, not compare the blessings that God gives us to somebody else, but just accept them as gifts of God and enjoy them in our lives. It's crazy to think that, that sometimes we have to be forced. To slow down in order to receive and enjoy life. But here God is saying, hey, listen, don't rush off to the next thing. Don't rush off to to the next appointment, to the next project, to the next practice. Stay here. Soak in my goodness in your life. Soak in my love and my grace in your life. There needs to be some intentional and consistent time in our lives where we slowly Enjoy the things that that bring refreshment and are life-giving and that fill us up. God says that I've designed life in such a way that if you really want to experience it, if you really want to to grow in your love for me and your love for people, then you have to make it a habit to pull yourself out of the the normal flow of life and to get refreshed and, and to get renewed with some strength. God wants us to regularly experience times of wonder, times of of worship, times of reflection where we can look back and evaluate how life is going, times of of rest, times where we can just sit and drink in deeply this fact. The God of the universe loves me. The the most important thing about you is that God loves you. Not, Not for what you've done, because he created you. I know a lot of us in the room that know that intellectually. But, but when was the last time that, that you just sat down and slowly drank in that truth, like, like to the depth of your soul, that God loves me for me, not for what I do, just because he loves me? So rest reminds us of our dependence of God. Rest also allows us to, to have this refreshment in our soul. And the third reason why we need this kind of rest in our lives is that rest builds resilience for the valleys of life. You can begin to, to see how these build on one another. I, I think it's only after that you have noticed and appreciated and experienced God's leadership in your life and His goodness and His care uh, in the green pastures and the quiet waters of life that, that you will be able to receive His comfort in his presence, in the dark valleys of life. Look at what David says in verse four, he says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Part of what God wants to do with us as we rest in his goodness during the good times of life is to build up a resilience, to build up a strength, a perseverance, to, to not just survive the valleys of life, the hard times of life but, but to actually lean even more into our relationship with him during those times so, so that when we get on the backside when we walk our way through the valley that we'll come on the other side stronger but more resolved in our faith in his tr- in, in his trust and his faithfulness in our lives i want you to notice a couple of things first the valleys are inevitable it says even though it's not if i walk through the valley it is when we walk through valleys. And unless I I learn to deal with this truth, that the brokenness of this world will in fact invade my life, then I will either live in constant fear of a valley coming into my life or I will grow bitter toward God when those times come. But God doesn't sugarcoat it. He, He tells us the truth. He says three things. You will go through valleys. The second one is, But you will never be alone. And I will comfort you, even the valley. I I will be so close to you during those times of the valley that I will be able to comfort you. He even tells us how he'll comfort us. He says that he'll comfort us with his rod and his staff. He, he's still using the, this uh, description of a, a shepherd and a sheep. And they, these are two tools that, that a shepherd would use. The, the rod was used for protection from predators that might come. And then the staff was used to guide or to correct or, or to bring a wayward sheep back. God comforts us through both protection and correction. Sometimes I, I go through tough times because of someone else's actions. And and in those times, God will come alongside, and He will comfort me by giving me protection. And at other times, perhaps more than I want to admit, or maybe more than you want to admit as well, I, I go through valleys because of my own actions. And, and in those times, God comforts me through His correction, through through lovingly bringing me back onto the right path and closer to His side. I think that's crucial for us to realize because, I mean, catch this, understand this, that that even if it is my own selfishness, even if it is my own sinfulness that has messed things up in life, God is still there. He's still there to comfort and to restore. I think sometimes people assume that that if they have caused their own mess, that God just punishes them. He says, okay, I'm gonna leave you to your own Then you can figure it out on your own if you didn't want me there. But that's not true. What, what this says is that you are never on your own. He will be, through, he will be with you, beside of you, through every single valley, regardless of the cause. That's his promise, and that's his commitment. And if you allow that truth to enter into your heart, that brings some rest to our souls. And then notice how David ends. He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want you to notice that David holds these two truths in tension. His earthly life and mission, all the days of my life, and the eternity that waits him forever. When we pull away from from the busyness of life, from the, the distractions of life, and we routinely and intentionally lean into our relationship with our Heavenly Father, that then we can start to, to glean this last benefit of our lives. And that is that, that rest gives an eternal perspective for the here and now. I, I think what, one of the most important things that, that we need to learn is how to live in the here and now while we focus on forever. Right? You, you have to have a job. You have to raise kids. You have to eat. You have to nurture friendships. But the way to get rest for your souls is to keep a clear view of eternity. And then allow that to inform your attitude and your intentions for the everyday, for the mundane as you walk through life. When I take time to remember that that heaven awaits me, it, it reminds me that my identity is already secured. That I am a child of God, that I am a citizen of heaven and it frees me from getting my identity all wrapped up in money or possessions or or people's opinions or or success or any of these other things that may distract us away from who god says that we are it also frees me up to live my life on mission to make sure that my life is centered on accomplishing god's mission for my life to bring his kingdom down here i can start asking these kinds of questions How can heaven invade earth through me? How do I I parent my kids with their eternity in mind? How do I manage the influence that I have with the relationships that I have at work? How can I leverage those for the kingdom? How am I using the financial resources that God has given me to to further his kingdom? How can I use the talents and the gifts that God has given me to point people to Jesus. Here's the thing, if I don't have a rhythm of rest in my life, if I don't have the rhythm of of slowing down and hitting the pause button, I I won't naturally land on that kind of eternal perspective. I'll just constantly be in the whirlwind of life, making the next decision, hurrying off to to the next appointment, getting the kids to the next thing, and and I'll just drift through life without having a, a purposeful meaningful day but when I intentionally slow down and I pause and allow my, my soul to catch up with the pace of life and I remember and I realize that this life is not the end that, that there is an eternity that, that is awaiting me and that God has a purpose for this one and only life and then when I start to have that kind of view that then I can live and I can work from a place of clarity and focus and passion, knowing that God is going to use this one and only life to serve his purposes. So as we wrap up, I want to give just a couple of quick handles. I want to make sure that this isn't just some kind of a theoretical idea that just stays on the, on the bookshelf somewhere. So how do we take this off the bookshelf and actually get it applied into our everyday life? I think the only way you can really do it is to plan a weekly Sabbath. That it has to be intentional. That you have to have a plan to have a hard break at some point in your week Um, we will not drift in the direction of rest we we will not drift in the direction of of hitting the pause button we will always pursue ambition and productivity and i think maybe just a word of caution um because sometimes people get a little bent out of shape on this idea of a sabbath remember the goal here is not about legalism the, the goal here is about a connection with your shepherd, a connection with your heavenly father. So, so give yourself time, give yourself grace, give yourself some, some patience and some creativity to figure out what this needs to look like in your life. Think of your life as like a bank account that, that has been depleted and drawn down throughout the week. And, and what you're doing is once a week, you're allowing God to deposit his peace, and his wisdom, and his presence, and his sustenance back into your, into your spiritual account so that you can live a full life. I, I love John 10.10. 10. It was referenced earlier in the day as well. So that the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. God's plan, God's desire, God's hope for our lives is that we are walking through life with a full cup, Satisfied, content, joyful, led by his spirit, purposeful in our days, intentional in our relationships. I want you to think back to a time where you felt that kind of full life, where it just seemed like life was firing on all cylinders. You know, maybe you'd say, that was a time that I felt closest to God. I prayed my best prayers during that season. I, I heard the whispers of the Holy Spirit in my life, and I followed them. I, I kind of lived this adventurous life. I I was always talking about what God was doing in my life, and I couldn't wait to share it w- with the people that were around me. I I was excited. I I was learning new things uh, about me and, and about God, and I was engaged in God's mission in the world. Or maybe you would add, you know what? I laughed a lot more then. I had great conversations with family and friends. I felt like I really knew people. And I felt like people really knew me. I was eating better and I was exercising more and I, and I seemed to have more energy in the evenings and I slept well at night. Listen, that, that's what God wants for your life. And now I want you to make an honest assessment of your current Level, if you were to look at a, a fuel gauge in your life, where would you draw the line right now? Would you say that, that your life is more full or is it more weary and burdened? Do you see more signs of life and peace and joy in your life or do you see more irritability and agitation and, and apathy? So here's a, here's a real quick grid that, that maybe can give you some, some guidance for this weekly rest, that this idea of reconnecting with your shepherd. It goes through uh, this acronym for rest. The first is that you need to retreat. Um, you need to, to retreat from the normal. You, you need to, to retreat, to, to pull away from the busyness and the distractions and the responsibilities of normal life, and you need to carve out some time where it is just you and God and you need to do some honest looking at your life. And If you are parents with with small kids, it's gonna take a little creativity, but you can give each other this gift to be able to carve out some time and to take an honest look at your life and say, how's my relationship with God, honestly? Do, Do I feel connected to him? Is there an area of my life where I need to go to him for his wisdom and his leadership and his guidance? Is there an area in my life that has gotten a little sideways that I need to, to, to confess and to repent and to, and to seek restoration with him? How are my relationships with other people? Are there any relationships that, that are broken right now that, that I need to walk towards to heal? Are there any relationships that God has brought in my life? Are there some intersections and some influence that, that I need to walk towards and, and to encourage people in some way? How's my heart these days? Is there any bitterness, resentment, worry, anxiety that I need to bring to God? I've discovered over the years, I think one of the most powerful things for for me over the last decade of my walk with God is to to understand that that my emotions are, are a key gauge in me understanding my desire, my need to get in front of God. Proverbs 4 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And so part of what we need to be able to do is to, to look at our emotions, saying, is some anger there that I need to deal with? Resentment, bitterness, sorrow, pain that I need to take to God. The, the second thing we need to do is to have times of enjoyment. God wants us to enjoy the life that we have. So, so you need to find the things in life that, that bring life to you, bring joy into your life. Incorporate times of worship that's why we gather here on sunday mornings that that we are, were created to worship and to have times where we can delight in god and to hear from him maybe it's for you to read a good book to take a hike to, to take a, a good nap do something that, that puts a smile on your face and, and that refreshes your soul but we, we need to have some times of enjoyment during these weekly breaks of rest the third thing is scripture Spend some time reflecting on what God's been showing you over the past week of your time in his word. Is there something that he has brought up time and again that you're like, you know what, I think I need to walk towards that. There's Something I need to wrestle with or something that I need to apply in my life. And the last thing is a time of thankfulness where we spend some time considering the blessing of God in our lives and thanking Him but for those green pastures and those quiet waters that He brings into our lives as a place to restore us. But we return our thanks to Him and realize, again, this is kind of going full circle, that we are dependent on Him, that we did not create those green pastures, that God gave those gifts to us, and so we want to return thanks to Him for those. God, in His great wisdom and His love for us, has given us... This practice, this rhythm of a weekly Sabbath, that where we can actually slow down and allow us to experience the rest that He wants to give to our souls. Let me pray for us, God. You know us so well. You know that um, so often we are driven by discontentment or an insecurity or or some kind of false identity that, that just drives us and chase after productivity and busyness and distractions and God the fear is that we may lose sight of our lives as we try to live them. But in your love for us and your wisdom for us, you, you call us away from that that we need to have times and seasons where we can pull away and see your guidance in our lives, that you are, in fact, our good shepherd. We need those times where we can just receive from you times of of refreshment for our souls, where we can see your faithfulness and build a a, a reservoir of strength and and perseverance and resilience for, for when life gets hard. God, we know and we love the fact that you are with us even in those darkest valleys. And there may be some this morning that are walking through a season where they feel alone. God, remind them, remind us that there is no valley, that you are not beside of us. God, refresh our souls. Remind us of your goodness. And God, give us that eternal perspective to, to live this one and only life to bring heaven to earth. But give us the, the boldness, the strength that to actually put this in place and, and to see the kind of work that you can do in our lives when we hit the pause button and allow our souls to catch up with the busy pace of our lives. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace and the work that you're going to do in us and through us. It's in Jesus' name we pray amen well thanks for coming out everybody uh blair's out in the lobby if you have any questions about that freedom in christ uh workshop you can head out there and we'll see you back here next week stay warm stay safe guys